good afternoon from an undisclosed location this is pfg live and talk about a lash up <laughs> i'm sitting in the truck somewhere in the great state of new hampshire and uh yes dbx i'm recording locally to uh, recording audio and i'm recording the audio and video Nothing goes to waste. We use we use every part of the uh, of the chicken. NYC and NYC CNC. Good afternoon. Uh, I see that you you now hear me, and I'm not sure if you're more to be pitied than envied. Art that makes art. Wes, hi, how are you? C.J. Stevens, welcome aboard, sir. I will give the first weather report here in somewhere in New Hampshire. It is uh, about 80 degrees out, and it's very comfortable in the truck because I have the air conditioning running. Uh, beautiful day. It is, I'll call it partly cloudy. And how are you guys doing today? If you're just joining us uh, and you've never uh, been to a PFG Live before, usually this is in the office, in the studio, and uh, we have outstanding bandwidth. So what I've done today is I've turned down the, the video resolution uh, we are hotspotting through an iPhone, and we are still dropping frames left and right. Uh, so it's, it, it probably looks pretty horrible. Um, so you can give me a uh, an audio report and a video report separately. Hey, there he is, Shaden HKW. How are you, Stan? Nice to see you. CJ Stevens reports 66 and rainy in the east of the Tennessee. You guys, if you guys want to have a little chat there, uh, you know, on your own, and we'll just watch. Go ahead. <laughs> Bad antenna. So, uh, the only choice I had was hot spotting through cell cellular at this location, uh, and of course, due to proper prior preparation, that's all we got. So that's what we're using. Uh, I'm really curious what the what the video looks like. I probably have much lower latency on um, on Discord. Video and audio chunky. I apologize. I'm very sorry. Uh, DBX reports in Rockland County, New York, 84 degrees, but a bit muggy. The AQI is 103. That's air quality index, if you're not paying attention. Uh, our friends in New York got clobbered by this uh, last thing. So I'm doing my best. I don't think I can turn down the uh, bit rate without restarting the stream. So we're just going to roll with it and see what happens. Um, the podcast, however, will have excellent audio because I'm recording it completely separately on our Zoom audio recorder. Anyway, here we are. Um, Stan, nice to see you check in. And uh, John, nice to see you check in. Um, how's, uh, how's MoMA? We need a dog report. That should be a new, a new feature. <laughs> so in the interest of full disclosure, oh, here we go. K-Bonk is reporting. 88 and mostly sunny in the Philadelphia. No maple smoke or fog. Plenty of herbs in the streets, I am sure, seeing as it's Philadelphia. Chipload, welcome aboard, sir. Hey, Stan, can we get a can we get a weather report at your location? I'm sure it's. Let me guess. Hang on. 82 and sunny. I'm going to guess 82 and sunny. <laughs> sitting oh you're sitting next to moma i've got this silly symbol on my screen for the chat let's see if i could pop out the chat and make it bigger there we go well say hi to moma okay so uh, we're gonna roll with it here um and see what happens so the the current setup is iphone is a hot spot that's all it's doing uh i've got a macbook air uh, Mac, MacBook Pro Air, which is doing OBS, <laughs> it's literally sitting on two ice packs. And then they've got an iPad running on batteries over here. 
and that is my Discord chat. So if you're in Discord, I, I will see you. Really? Stan reports 68 and overcast and drizzly. What? In the southern of the California. Fantastic. Okay, we did it. We got through the first five minutes. So, uh, brief recap on the week. Uh, we started the week uh, messing with uh, the bamboo. Um, we had uh, Robin Renzetti and we had Bill Shonger on last time to talk about their uh, experiences with the bamboo and and uh, what they know about it. And it, that was pretty spectacular. So if you haven't seen that, go back and watch that video. It's pretty neat. Uh, so today we're going to give you a bamboo update. Uh, we're going to give you a Ford uh, F-150 Lightning update because we just crossed 5,000 miles. In fact, we're at 5,212 miles. Um, so I'm going to give the 5,000 mile update as promised. And then finally, we'll talk a little bit about, about the PIN project and trying to get things to grind in a very unfavorable uh, setup. So we'll see what happens. But today, all you got is me. And unfortunately, I, we don't have the, uh, the, uh, the chat window here because I couldn't set that up. But uh, it will be in the, in the YouTube video. Uh, the YouTube chat, as usual, uh, goes along with it. So uh, let's start with, uh, let's get the Ford update out of the way. 5,000 miles in the F-150 Lightning. Um, first truck for me. First EV for me. Some uh, growing pains to figure it out. But actually, uh, an overall extremely positive experience. Um, everything that is inside the skin of the truck uh, is working wonderfully. I can make some arguments about some of the software running on the, on the computer in the truck, but performance, comfort, uh, all the amenities, power on the road, handling on the road, hauling capability, um, all been fantastic, 100%. Uh, yes, and there was a Ford update. Um, I just got an update yesterday. So updates are flowing, and that's all good. So uh, the, the overall truck experience has been fantastic. Uh, plugging in at home now, we'll talk about the charger in a minute. I have a few things to say about that. Plugging it at home, wake up the next day, it's at, it's at, you know, fully charged. I charge to 90%. I don't go to 100% every day. I went to 100% today because I knew I would be here burning, um, burning battery talking to you. But really has been a, a wonderful experience. Um, the only thing, the only squawks in the truck itself were, I have the three-fold hard-to-know cover, and it has a bunch of rubber bumpers in it, and all of those bumpers are falling off. So whoever the subcontractor was that made that for Ford used some crappy adhesive. It's certainly not 3M VHB, I'll tell you that right now, and they're falling off. So rather than like fix it myself, which of course all of us would, <laughs> we're, all, we're all capable of fixing it ourselves. I did call my guy at Ford and, and, and they're, you know, they're taking care of me, but, but that hasn't been fixed yet. That's not much of a squawk, right? Uh, what else? Um, boy, howdy, everything else has been great. Let's see. Uh, the Pro Charger I want to talk about. Uh, but before I do that, I'll, I'll give you another positive. We did our first towing uh, yesterday. Uh, sorry, Friday. So my buddy Dan moved. That's the photo uh, that you saw on Instagram. And I hooked up my trailer for the first time, took it on the road. I used to tow it with the Flex. And we, it towed like a dream. It was, it was awesome. Plus, I've got the the uh, pro trailer feature 
uh, calibrated and sorted out and it'll now I'm, I'm used to backing a trailer but still it is a joy to use uh, in backing the trailer so the towing you know check the the uh, towing experience has been absolutely excellent uh, to give you some numbers I typically run 2.2 to 2.3 miles per kilowatt hour. That's kind of like MPG for you gas guzzlers. And with the trailer on, it was 1.3, I believe, uh, miles per kilowatt hour. So not half, but close, close to half. Um, hey, Joel's here. Welcome aboard. 86 in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you, Joel. Uh, so, yeah, big, big positives on the truck. So now, <laughs> and, and of course, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, put them in the chat, which some of you are doing, or I'm also monitoring the Discord uh, general chat. So the big, uh, the tall pole in the tent right now is the Pro Charger. So we got that installed a couple of weeks ago, and that went very well. I have a great electrician, and we did it right according to Hoyle. Uh, AWG number three wire, inch and a quarter conduit. I kind of wish Stan was here. <laughs> uh, and it's mounted on the outside of the house, and it's convenient, and it's all great. However, there's software in the charger itself, and it wants to hang on the network. Well, getting that thing on the network and figuring out how to get it configured so that I can access it through the app, the Ford, uh, the Ford Pass app, complete disaster. So now not only isn't it configured, but when I tried to um, uh, reset it, I, I went to reset it to factory settings and I you know, followed the wisdom I found. Uh, there's a factory. There's a factory reset button on the PC board. Nothing doing. So I stopped and I again went to my Ford guy and we're working that out. Kind of a stumbling block. Does it does it hurt how I operate the vehicle? No. It just acts as a dumb 80 amp charger. It could be acting as a very smart charger because sometimes I want to tell it. Uh, you know, I want you to charge, but I only want you to charge at 40 amps. And you can do that if things work. Right now, they ain't working. So, uh, again, that's why I brought up the, you know, everything on the inside of the, the skin of the truck is working great. But that charger is giving me some trouble. Let's see. Joel says, my 1999 Lightning gets 10 miles per gallon. I believe that. Um... I had a Chevy uh, Caprice Classic that got 10 miles a gallon when I was towing my glider trailer. Regardless of how hard you pound on it, and you still spend more on tires than gas every year. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the, the monetary impact of this EV will come later when we have more months over which to compile data, but we're, we're tracking everything. So that's that's the um, the negatives uh, on the lightning uh, would I recommend it yeah it's really cool uh, really enjoying it uh, the range calculations that are that the truck gives you are taking into account everything so if you're towing it characterizes your trailer it knows when your trailer is hooked up and you can tell it you know if it doesn't automatically do it and it will give you accurate ranges. It's amazing. So, uh, yeah, big win. Big win. So if anybody's thinking about going that way uh, and was worried about the whole EV thing, I don't, think, uh, I don't think it's a problem. And the truck is a nice truck as a truck. And I'm learning how to use it. <laughs> so that's the update on the Ford Lightning. Um, I'm sitting in it. Very, very pleasant to uh, to own and operate. So if you have any Ford questions uh, or Lightning questions, pop them in the chat because we're going to change direction here in a minute. But uh, that has been uh, that's been going great. 
Somebody just joined the server. Let's see. I'll send you a welcome message. There we go. So uh, moving on to 3D printing, uh, I am happy to report that the Bamboo X1 Carbon is working spectacularly. I spent an inordinate amount of time tuning up my, P, my uh, PETG recipe. So if you're not familiar with 3D printing, generally baby's first filament is PLA. PLA is very easy to print with because it has a very steep uh, curve some solid state material guys will have a better word for this, but, but essentially the uh, liquid to solid transition is very steep with PLA whereas, uh, versus temperature, whereas with PETG, it's, it's a little bit of a slope and it's a little bit, ends up being a, stringer, a stringier material, etc. So here I am with my red... PETG, which I use for the trays for the uh, PFG stones. Where is it? It's over. It's over there. There it is. Brought to you by PFGstones.com. Uh, and I spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to get it tuned up. And then one day, light dawned on Marblehead, and it's like you didn't bake your filament. You didn't dry your filament. I, I, I was the huge proponent of drying filament and I completely spaced it. So I took every single roll of PETG that I had and I went to the shop and I've got this nice big low temperature oven now and I cooked it all uh, 150F, uh, two to four hours. And I have to tell you, it was like throwing a switch. It was night and day. Everything started printing. And I went, I switched back to the bamboo generic PETG profile. Everything printed like a champ. I tried uh, layer heights from their course is uh, 0.28 down to their, uh, almost their finest, 0.16. Everything was totally solid. So the, the lesson there was that I made a mistake uh, in, in not starting with a known variable, right? Dry, proper filament. But I think, unfortunately, I think 90% of 3D printing is done with filament that needs drying. And I firmly believe that if everybody dried their filament before they printed, 80% of the conversation about tuning things and, oh, this doesn't work and that doesn't work, would just go away. So, if I had to put a new t-shirt on today, it would be dry your filament. And getting that lab oven in the shop, which by the way, I got it a couple of years ago and, and pressed it into service finally, uh, just before this all happened, um, was a great thing because it got me out of the kitchen. <laughs> I, have, I have a really nice electric oven that's very accurate but it also makes food. So sometimes I get in the way. Yeah, I did, I did the uh, calibration cube. I do the, the 20, really boring uh, model. My friend Unix Carbide would be yelling at me right now because he has a really cool little calibration toy. Uh, but I just did the 20 millimeter cube and I, I, I use that as my standard. I also did the Benchy, but I didn't do the Benchy in PETG. And it was spectacular. Spectacular. Uh, Robin reported that his bamboo was printing uh, uh, some little, little plates that he was making under a thou. <laughs> he was holding under a thou, which was amazing. So, yeah. Uh, very happy with it. So if, if, if you have any questions about your filament or your process, look at the filament. And he, he, here's the other thing I absolutely positively proved. You get, a, you get a roll of filament from the manufacturer. 
is vacuum packed in a foil lined package. It's got a desiccant pack built into it. You open it up and the air goes and the vacuum was solid and you take that thing out and you say, I'm good to go and you throw it in the printer, wrong. <laughs> I have proven that drying that roll of filament fresh from the factory is absolutely an improvement. It is not dry. And my theory is, is that in the factory, they make this filament and it goes on a spool of, you know, 27,000 feet of filament. And then they later spool it off into your one kilogram spools. We don't know what happened, how long it sat there. And I got news for you, it's not sitting in a vacuum chamber while it's on that high capacity spool waiting to be uh, sorted out into the one kilogram spools for shipping. So my theory is that that filament is already wet. Then they put it in a vacuum packed container, throw in a little desiccant pack this big, and that does nothing. So strongly recommend, you, try it. You'll be a believer. Um, it, was, it was fantastic. So uh, drying was just a huge win. So you also may recall that I talked about the fact that I had a bent bracket in the bamboo. So if you imagine the bamboo, it's got three-point uh, support of the, of the table, of the um, build platform. Can we have a moment of uh, respect for kinematic support? One in the back. There's one uh, uh, screw in the back, two screws in the front. And, and at the top of each of them, there is a bearing holder supporting the top of the screw. Well, my left-hand side bearing was tilted over and I didn't know why. I posted a photo of it and several people pointed it out that the bracket it was mounted on was bent. And then when I started actually looking at it, I'm like, holy cow, it is bent. So on the 4th of June, okay, I submitted a ticket. I, I think I told, uh, I posted about this. And I submitted a ticket, I posted it to the Discord server that Bamboo maintains, and I also posted on Instagram. On June 8th, oh, Joel asks a question. He says, good to know that even fresh spools need drying. Yes. This whole PETG stringing story may explain all of my expertise with PETG. I don't have room for a lab oven. Any suggestions? Use your kitchen oven, okay? Um, I don't know that I'd use a gas oven, but an electric oven? Absolutely. 150F, check it with a thermometer, make sure it doesn't overshoot. Um, but 150F, even two hours, you, the difference will be remarkable, okay? If you can go four hours, you're, you're, you have a total reset. That's my recommendation. So I submitted a ticket via the normal channels with bamboo and nothing happened for four days. And I was starting to get, these guys, you know, they're taking forever. Well, uh, on the 8th, which was, um, what was that, Friday, thereabouts, I got an email from bamboo and they said, we're terribly sorry about this. We'd like to give you a new machine. It's not bad. Good response. Uh, we can, you can send that one back, and then we'll send a new one. Or we'll send you a new one and, char and, and send you an invoice, and then we'll credit you when we get your old machine back. And that's what I opted for. So there's actually a replacement machine coming. And... I thought that they responded really well. And I think the four day delay, you could probably attribute that to the volume of business they're dealing with right now. I'll forgive them. I guess I'll forgive them because the, the printer is working even with the bent bracket. Um, I guess if it was like dead in the water, I might be a little more upset. Uh, K-Bonk says, I picked up a convection toaster oven 
in a flea market for five doll hairs. <laughs> That's if you could fit a if you could fit a spool of filament in there, and it can hold 150F, you're all set. By the way, the 150F number is for PETG. It's 120F for PLA. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, you don't have to, you don't have to dry PLA. Yes, you do. Um, so to wrap up the the uh, support ticket story for bamboo, we're doing that. So a new printer is coming. I'll do the swap, and uh, I'm very interested to see how this whole process goes, and I will report. But I'm pleased. I think it's a good thing. And then I have a confession to make. I bought a second one. <laughs> so I, I think before the replacement for number one comes, number two will be here. So I will have two printers. That's, that's where I want to land for a while. Uh, it has been just spectacular. I need, a, I need a tray. You know, my spreadsheet tells me I need to make trays. Go downstairs, hit the button. I now have all my tray uh, files living on the printer. I say, yeah, make me a tray, and I go upstairs. I literally start it, walk away, and it comes out perfect every time. Very pleased. I shouldn't say perfect. I would say 99% um, perfect. How's that? Um, <laughs> Joel, you can absolutely hack a, 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 to a cheap toaster oven if you wanted to. That would absolutely work uh, with a with a uh, with a PID controller. Anyway, so that's the story on uh, the replacement, the ticket, and the fact that I ordered a second one. So my farm will take will will, will be two Prusas. I donated number. Well, actually, it's number one Prusa I donated to the high school. Two and three are still sitting there. And we'll see how long that lasts, but they they've done they've done some good work. Also, in the 3D printing department, I found I I, pu I published this on uh, on Instagram, and I also put the links in my links page, which is pfg.gg/links. And there's a model for a, a desiccant container, which was just a brilliant design. And the Prusas have been busy using up the Prusa silver PLA that I had making these desiccant containers. But also the brilliant designer of the desiccant container, see the links page, uh, designed it for both a cap that has slots in it or a cap that could take this inexpensive hygrometer which is available from Amazon. And it's like three of them for 15 bucks or 16 bucks and they work. They're beautiful, okay? So these snap into this, uh, this lid. So you have your desiccant, you have the hygrometer, part of the cap, and that whole thing slides into the center of the spool. So I'm gonna have about a dozen of those. Um, and that whole thing goes into my Sterilite container, which holds one spool, everything's gonna stay dry, and you look down, you monitor it, you know if your desiccant is working. I think this is going to work out just fantastically well. No more excuses. Even I was making excuses of, well, I don't want to dry the filament. It's a pain in the neck. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the next change that I'm making is I've been using Overture PETG, which comes on the cardboard spools. I discovered the adapter rings to snap on the cardboard spools to make it run properly in the AMS. I think I'm gonna use up what I have and then I'm gonna to switch to either eSun, which I've tested. Uh, this past week I tested the eSun PETG, worked great after drying. Um, and I just ordered one, one uh, spool of Sunlu uh, PETG. Same thing, we'll qualify that but they come on the traditional uh, uh, plastic spools, which go right in the AMS. So I think that's what I'm gonna do. Now the Sunlu intrigues me because their spool design 
is relatively minimal plastic, whereas the Isan design, I don't know why they went back to this, is this chunky solid side uh, black plastic spools, which has too much plastic in it, which is ironic, I know. But anyway, so I'll report on the Sunlu. Um, but as of now, the the bamboo, even with its bent bracket, is a is a tool. I go downstairs, I push the button, and the tool makes what I want it to make, and we're done. No futzing around, no standing around waiting to clean the nozzle at the right temperature before the print starts, no grabbing the little schmutz off the, off the nozzle like I have to do with the Prusas. It just works. Joel says, will the hygrometer, you said hydrometer, but it's hygrometer, be measuring the state of the desiccant and not the whole sterilite container. Eventually, it hits equilibrium, right? And that's the other thing is it's those measurements are slow. So I would give it three hours, four hours, five hours before it's, it's stabilized. And I'm seeing numbers of 10 to 15, uh, 10 to 14 percent relative humidity uh, once it stabilizes. And the room uh, relative humidity is around 45% to 50%. Wes says, I'm having problems with mine this morning. Half of the presets in studio are gone and I can't figure out how to print PETG. Uh, okay, that's weird. I don't think I could help you with that shooting from the hip. I don't know why the presets... Oh, I do know why. There is a place in preferences where you could select which filaments are sucked into all of the presets and you might have turned them off and I would go in and just say select all look for that it should be in again I'm not in front of it settings or preferences or something like that okay um, but PETG should be generic PETG profile step one Dry filament, step two. Print, step three. So I hope that helps. Um, let's see. I think I covered. I think I covered everything. It's a tool now. So John, I know you showed up to hear this. <laughs> you told me so, and you were correct. Um, it is the closest thing to a. You know, and Robin. Robin was all about this also. It's the closest thing to a just-use-it tool that we've ever seen in 3D printing. Full stop, end of story. So why, you know, on a, on a, um, on a podcast slash live video where we usually talk about machining, why are we spending so much time on this? Because it's a machine, and now it's useful. Um, and I'm cranking out tools for the shop I'm cranking out my product that I sell, and I'm very satisfied with it. Um, let's see. So that's the bamboo update. Very happy. I voted with my dollars, and uh, I couldn't be happier with it. <laughs> you are entitled to LOL, sir. You did tell me so, and you are correct. And I'll, I, I, the thing that is most encouraging about the bamboo that's not why you're here. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. Uh, the, the thing that encouraged me most about the bamboo was the Discord server, which I knew nothing about until my buddy Bill, who you met in the last video, told me about it. And it's a vigorous community of, of bamboo owners and the company all in this Discord server. And now I believe... So that's, uh, I'm happy with it. Uh, Wes, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm happy to help you when I get back to home base. I really am. But I don't know why generic uh, PETG should be missing. Um, let's do a, let's do a, um, let's do a live uh, meeting sometime, maybe even late tonight. Okay? I'll give you a hand with that. Um, I've been very happy with it. One, one weird thing that started happening, which I haven't debugged, and th this is not 
throwing any shade on bamboo at all, is when I first got the printer, st started using the Handy app and stuff, I would get these notifications when my print was done. And they seem to have stopped, and I don't understand why. So that's a problem I've got to solve. If anybody, that, if that rings a bell for anybody, let me know. But we'll, we'll sort that out. Uh, I have to get that back, because that's a major feature, and I must have done something stupid to cause that to stop working. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're a machinist and you have ignored the whole 3D printing thing, uh, even though there's G-code in it, um, you might want to reconsider, and especially with this one, because this is, it's about as close to, you know, buying a VMC and just using it <laughs> as you can get. I use PETG not because it's strong. Well, I'll talk about stronger in a minute. But yeah, the chemical resistance and, and the UV resistance. So when I first started using PETG, it was because I was making antenna parts um, that were going outside in the sunshine. So black PETG was my choice for that. Um, PETG is very is less brittle than PLA. PLA will will break and snap and PETG. So I believe that I believe the yield strength of PETG is lower than PLA, but the ultimate strength of PETG is way higher than PLA. So if you put it under ridiculous stress, it will stretch, right? It'll give, but it's not going to snap. Uh, whereas PLA will snap. Also, PLA simply, well, as you correctly point out, it's just not going to take uh, the UV and it's not going to take the, uh, have the same chemical resistance. So that's why I use PETG. Um, <laughs> so Wes says, my notifications started after a couple of days. Maybe you got my notifications. Uh, we'll figure it out. That's that's just something silly, but I really want to get that back because that's that's part of my efficiency. Um, I've I've started setting a timer, so I use this timer app on my phone, which I think is called Timer, and you could have a dozen timers, right? So when I start a 3D printer, it's always been my habit. I take the time that it's going to print, put it in the timers. I start the grinder on some long cycle. I take the time. I put it in my timers. So as the timers yell at me during the day, I run around and service all the, all the uh, tools. Um, and I thought it was pretty neat that the printer was, was sending me a notification without having to set a timer. But that stopped working. So I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it going. So did that answer your question there, uh, John? as to why I chose PETG. And, and it is, it's been totally bulletproof as far as my applications. Um, I am considering looking at, I haven't, done, I haven't pulled the trigger on a spool yet, but uh, PLA Pro and PLA Plus, there are some PLA conf uh, uh, configurations which are better and I haven't looked at them yet, but they, they deserve a little bit of a look. Uh, I did get PLA with carbon fiber and, and PETG with carbon fiber from bamboo, and we will be exper experimenting with that, but no experience yet. I also ordered a bunch of just different colors for PLA from bamboo. I just want to see what their, how their stuff works. All right. Uh, you guys are pretty quiet on the Discord server. That probably means Inspiration Metalworks isn't here. We're going to mark you down as absent. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's see. What else is cooking in the shop? Uh, the pin... No, no progress this week on the pin project. Except for uh, some design work. How do you get on the Bamboo Discord? Rookie question. Um... How did I get on the Bamboo Discord? 
I don't remember, but I, I bet if you search, uh, if you search Google for bamboo discord, you'll find it. Uh, it is an open to the public server. That's all I could tell you. PLA plus sounds like a subscription service. Yeah, I know. Uh, it might, it might be. <laughs> Actually, Amazon will be happy to send you a subscription service of, of uh, 3D filament. Ask me how I know. They've, they've offered it to me about 200 times. Like, nah, I'm pretty good at ordering things. Thanks. By the way, um, can I get a video and audio report? The, the uh, throughput has actually improved a little bit since the beginning of this broadcast. So I'm, I'm pretty um, encouraged. And nobody's complained, so it's probably working pretty good. Uh, so the pins project for the Benelli, so to uh, when, we, when we last met our heroes, <clears throat> the Benelli refers to a Benelli standard pistol. So Benelli is, is known for their shotguns and very unknown for its uh, Olympic-style standard pistols. However, uh, when I was on the team and I was shooting international uh, at MIT and, and afterwards, uh, Benelli pistols started showing up and they were really good. They were really nice. So the team <clears throat> has had, I guess for the last decade or, or so, has had uh, Benelli standard pistols. And the problem is, is that the firing pins were breaking. So I was approached by one of my fellow uh, alums to see if we can't help solve this problem. And he's another engineer, really good one, uh, another 3D printer guy, and another machinist. So we started brainstorming about it, and we, we decided to make uh, new pins out of S7, which is a shock-resisting tool steel. So we've gotten up to the point of making the blanks. You could put an asterisk on that. We'll, re we'll revisit that idea. Making the blanks for the pins and heat treating them and getting very good success in heat treating the S7. Um, however, light dawned on Marblehead. I was going to finish them in the grinder. And these things are two inches long and about an eighth of an inch in diameter. Um, and grinding that is not trivial. So that's been a lesson for me. So in talking to Robin uh, and others, uh, Aaron Walla um, and probably a couple other people I'm not remembering right now, there was this concept of um, putting a, a support under the pin uh, for grinding so it, it wouldn't chatter. So the pin wants to, wants to vibrate. It's got a resonance. And by my ear, that resonant frequency is a little lower, not much lower, than the frequency of the wheel going around. So basically everything's in the same ballpark. And sure enough, when you get to the end of the pin with the grinder in the rotary fixture, it starts making it sing. So Robin and I talked about a design for a support, a follower support, that would um, have some damping in it. And his idea of damping was a grease that would provide a shear force damping. Um, so, okay, the, the tolerances are normal tolerances. I'm going a little overboard because that's what I do. I go overboard. Um, and the main reason for grinding it is that we want to finish the pins in their hardened condition. Uh, and if you think grinding them is hard, wait till you try hard turning them <laughs> in, that, um, in that configuration. So it's, we're not grinding. We're grinding because it's, it's a very low pressure operation. And we're grinding because we want, we want to finish the hardened material. It's not super hard, but it's, it's uh, I think we measured Rockwell 
55 is what we're working at. Hey, Rob Renz is here. Hey, Robin. I mentioned your name and you showed up. Um, so Robin and I talked about um, a damper. And Robin talked about uh, a, a using grease in a pivot as a shear force uh, to provide damping. And that's damping in this finger, which is going to lift the end of the pin. So I'm working on a design for... Um, Yes, so uh, Widget Works says, why don't you try to make the support pinch the pin? So the, a very good way to do it is to uh, uh, support it on, essentially on centers, right? And I think that's what you're talking about. Oh, you might be talking about pinch the pin this way. That's all possibilities. Um, I don't know yet. I'm working on a design. I'm going to try a design. I'm going to build it, try it, and see if it fails or succeeds. This is this is how we do it. Um, the design I'm trying is going to be a follower, but it's going to use magnetic damping. And Robin and I uh, didn't have time to get to the to the into the depths of it, but. Uh, magnetic damping is the kind of damping that you would use in a like a three beam balance. Uh, at the end of the balance, you'd have a a slot and a piece of aluminum on the end of the arm, and and this this U shaped part would would have a, a magnet. And <laughs> yes, just make a centerless grinder. I know. There's reasons we're not doing that. Um, so, if you take a piece of aluminum, which is non-magnetic, and you and you you swipe it past a magnet, okay, it experiences it, it experiences a force proportional to the velocity. A force proportional to velocity is the definition of damping, okay. It also is proportional to the strength of the magnetic field and the con conductivity of the metal. So if you make that damper with a certain magnetic field and you make it out of aluminum, it'll work better if you make it out of copper. It'll work even better if you make it out of silver. It'll work even better if you make it a superconductor. And if you go on the internet and you look, you do magnetic, damping, superconductor. There's all sorts of cool videos that will demonstrate that. Of course, we're not going to use a superconductor. So an another thing you'll find on the, on the, on the YouTubes is dropping uh, a strong magnet down a copper water pipe and how it goes very slowly. It's the exact same effect, okay? So I'm working on that design, which will be a follower on a pivot where the damping is provided by magnetic damping and a piece of copper. And I have, the reason I'm using copper is because I have copper on the shelf. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. So I don't have a perfect answer. Now, the real benefit of this whole project is that it looks like uh, a, a, an ejector pin from injection molding plastic technology. So there's all sorts of people that grind pins all day long. And... Um, this is an extension I'm, I'm learning from that body of knowledge. I do not have the answers, uh, but I sure am going to do some experiments and I'm going to listen to what those that have gone before me have done. So stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Um, and yeah, I've thought about, you know, if you just support the pin from the bottom, that's one thing. If you support it in a V-notch, that's another thing. If you, if you support it in a U-notch, that's roughly the size of the, of the pin, that's another thing. So there's, there's way, it's like little details here. But if all I, if all I can do is uh, end up with a grind that has no chatter in it and is on size, we're done. That's, that's what we're looking to do. Now, remember the asterisk I set about 10 minutes ago, 
I could redesign the process for making these pins to hold it between centers and all these problems go away. There's reasons I'm not doing that. Um, and one of them is education. It's like, no, I want to solve this problem. I want to get this sorted out. So we're having fun. And maybe we'll all learn something from my mistakes. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, we're, we're uh, 20 minutes after the hour. Uh, I can report that it's getting warmer outside. I actually turned the air conditioning up a little bit in the vehicle. I can also report that, um, let's see, how's our battery doing? We are at 97% charge. Isn't that crazy? So no big deal there. And we still have snacks, so we're doing fine. All right, it's time for your questions. If you guys have any questions uh, or other topics you want to address in our last nine minutes, uh, fire it up, and we're ready for that. I'm looking around for something here in my cabin. I got my lunch. So what is this? Um, we started today at uh, 2, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 2.30, and we're coming up on 3.30. Is that a better time than 1 p.m. or a worse time than 1 p.m.? I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Better. Yeah, Rob Ren says better. I had a suspicion that you were going to say that. I think I think uh, you free up, um, you free up for for this time slot. We may move it to this. I I don't I don't see a reason not to, and if some people think it's better, then it's better. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it now. Uh, also, a shout out to everybody who consumes this content on the podcast feed. Um, that has gone really well, and I'm getting really really good feedback because people like to pop the earbuds in and operate machines, <laughs> and they could listen to this. We will continue with the uh, podcast feed. And, in fact, this, this uh, podcast should have uh, excellent audio, even though our video is uh, way below standards. All right. John says, been enjoying the past grinding talk on PFG Live, both Okamoto and Precision Matthews. I'm sorry, Parker Majestic, not Precision Matthews. Can we, the editor will just take that out. Uh, I, sus I suspect we'll end up with one soon, hence the binge. Well, I am happy to talk to you more about my experience with the Okamoto, John, and uh, Adam Demuth is, of course, the expert on the um, Parker Majestic. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, gosh. Listen, I haven't had my lunch yet. My lunch is sitting right here. Okay, that's dedication. Meanwhile, okay, so the story is, why am I sitting in the middle of the woods? My son is a counselor at camp this year. And this week is uh, training for counselors but there's no campers. Well, because there's no campers, there's no buses. And because there's no buses, he has no way to get here, and he doesn't, he's not driving yet. So Uber Dad said that he, he would take care of him. So I'm, uh, all week, I'm spending here, uh, spending time here, and uh, I'll be in the truck. I'll be doing work. I've got, you know, obviously the computer. This, this is working out spectacularly well and uh yeah all week all week i'll be here at at camp and uh it, this would have been even better at the end of the week because i would have figured out all the details of setting up in the truck and getting getting the hot spot working and what what video bandwidth we could run um for you nerds out there we started at about 80 percent or 80 plus percent dropped packets we're down to 67% drop packets. Um, 
and I'm going to have to work on that. And that's uh, 30 frames a second of 12, 1280 pixels, lower than usual. Have my <laughs> chip load says, did I bring my bamboo lab printer? No, I did not bring my printer with me. Uh, but I thought about it because I could have that printer sitting right here printing. Uh, that's the amazing thing about the lightning is that there's a, in fact, I'm plugged into an electric outlet in the front. That's got my uh, laptop charger. I've got an electric outlet in the back. That's got my phone charger. Um, in the in the bed of the truck, I have a 220 volt, 30 amp twist lock outlet. I could I could bring my sharp. <laughs> uh, not quite. Eh, nah. Not quite. But I I could yeah. It's amazing. I have plenty of I could I could weld I could weld out of the back of the truck, plug in and go. No no issues. Isn't that nuts? And I, I am pleasantly surprised that we used up driving here today and sitting here with the engine run, with the engine, the, the system running and my air conditioner running and the computers running, and we've only used 4% of available power. Widgerwork says, I'm looking into a pretty big Okamoto to grind very long tapered shim going from about 1.5 to 4 millimeter thick, and no one seems to make a five-foot-long sign magnet. You can make one. <laughs> um, how long? 1.5 meter. Well, you have, your, you have yourself a project, don't you? I bet you Robin can help you figure that out. 1.5 meter long. Wow. Well, if you're going to try to do that in one go, yes, you're going to have a very big grinder. But uh, the Okamoto quality was has been just wonderful. No, no complaints at all. Um, the only thing I I don't like about the Okamoto, I've said this before, is that the control is from a language point of view, is not ready. I mean, it's it's hard to understand. But once you understand it, uh, this thing is making me, hang on. I'm trying to read what Robin said. Here we go. You don't need a sign table with a CNC grinder. So, <laughs> yeah, that means, of course, you have to get a ball screw on your table drive. So when I bought my grinder, there were two options. I can get a ball screw or the hydraulic drive. And the ball screw added $12,000 to the price tag. For the work that I'm doing, I elected to go with hydraulics. Adam Demuth uh, got the ball screw. So if you did have the ball screw, I would agree with Robin. That thing will, you don't need the sign table at all. Wouldn't that be neat? I, I just want to see the 1.5 meter chuck. <laughs> Let's see, that's, that's a big chuck by 200 millimeters. That's amazing. Yeah, if you did that with a uh, ball screw on your table, not only don't you don't you need a um, sign table? You could also just dial in whatever, whatever wedge you want. Pick your taper and go, which is probably a, a pretty handy. <laughs> John says, get four smaller chucks. That's true. You still need a table. <laughs> yeah, that's a big machine. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to hearing how you solve that problem, sir. All right. Anything else? The uh, the chair will entertain a motion to adjourn, if offered. So, I miss my bigger screen. I miss my bandwidth. <laughs> but this seems to work. 
two or three trucks come with the machine. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing which machine you settle on, and we'll have to we'll have to learn about it. Anyway, um, last chance for questions or topics. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to have a sip of tea. All right, this has been a this has been a crazy experience from uh, the wilds of of New Hampshire. PFG Live Mobile is now a thing. Uh, I will be back uh, in the office for next Sunday, and but during the week I'll pop up uh, variously on the Discord server and maybe here with a random live, and we can continue the fun now that I at least have a data point to work with. So, have yourself an awesome rest of your Sunday. Uh, thanks for everybody checking in. Robin, nice to see you. And I kind of suspected we, we were on the, uh, the good side of your schedule, so we might, we might move the time. Um, if you have feedback about moving the time of PFG Live to something like this, 2.30, let me know, positive or negative. Drop me an email, send me a DM, put it in the Discord server, um, and any or all of the above. Joel, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, go go have some fun in the shop. I spent 11 hours in the shop yesterday, uh, getting getting stones uh, done. Not done, but getting progress on on stones because I'm not going to be in the shop today. All right, guys, from the wilds of New Hampshire, best wishes. We'll see you next week.